Hey there, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Brooks. Join me as I sit down with co-hosts, friends, and carefully curated guests and talk about all the things that empower you to become your best and most confident self and step boldly into who you're created to be, the confident woman. Let's go. Okay, ladies, today we have a very special guest with us. Today, we have Donna Bowling, and Donna is a former award-winning casting director turned brand strategist and video coach. She helps small business owners and entrepreneurs get comfortable and confident on camera to create video content that increases visibility, all while having fun. Donna lives in Los Angeles with her husband, a director of photography, and her two sons. She also hosts the podcast Show Up on Video. So if you don't already know what we're going to talk about today, well, heads up, video. We're going to talk about getting comfortable on video, how video can really catapult your business to really showing up as your best and most confident self. And of course, Donna's going to talk us through and how to do all that and have fun. So welcome, Donna. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, just reading through everything and it's like, wow, you have such a vast knowledge of just video and uh, photography with your husband and just turning into like brand strategist and how to really bring all of that together and elevate these women into showing up as their best, most confident selves, right? Showing up on podcasts to video to in their business to strategizing an entire business around that. And so kind of walk us through, like, tell us, uh, well, first of all, how did you even get started? This is quite an interesting, uh, I'm interested. (laughs) Let me learn. Well, I'm from LA, born and raised in LA. And so when I graduated college, I went straight into the entertainment industry as a cast. Well, I went into casting. I started working as a casting assistant on Disney shows, That's So Raven, et cetera, and then grew in that into that business. I started my own company. I was casting shows at 26 years old and discovering all these stars. And it was great at the time. And I did that for about 15 years. And when towards the end in 2016, 17, I had kind of like a midlife crisis. I felt like, what am I doing? I don't want to be in this industry. I found a lot of things wrong with the entertainment industry in general, and especially working with young actors. I was a mom. I had young two young boys and I didn't want to do it anymore. And so I figured at this point, like, I don't have skills doing anything else in my eyes at that time, except, you know, helping actors and working in this business. So how can I do this for myself? And so I started my own business coaching actors in 2017, and I did really, really well. And the reason why I think I did so well was because I was showing up daily on Instagram stories and just unapologetically, just like really letting people in. I started a podcast for young actors. Everyone got to know the behind the scenes. I never held back with sharing any real true value, hacks, tips. And then slowly, slowly, I kind of pivoted my business at the beginning of 2020 into helping entrepreneurs and small business owners do the same. Because I found a lot of women, especially men too, but a lot of women found themselves, you know, with a side hustle or doing something from home in 2020 and didn't know how to market, didn't know how to grow their business online, thought, you know, we could just rely on a Canva graphic here and there. And unfortunately, that's just not the way anymore. We need video and we need to know how to kind of speak on camera and speak to our audience 
so that we can grow our kind of our personal brand. And that way people will choose us to hire rather than someone else that's doing exactly what we do. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's just, you you know, coming from that industry where you were hands-on like in that field and just recognizing that it wasn't really something that you wanted to sustain and make that your long haul. Um, and I think that's really cool and uh, kind of like, you know, admirable in that sense where it's like, I know this industry and I actually love parts of it, maybe not all of it. So how can I incorporate more of what I love into you know, building this out, growing a business, or at that point, you were, you know, potentially growing this business because you didn't really know, right? So you kind of took that leap of faith, you trusted your instincts, you pulled from your experience. And now you, you kind of got ahead of the curve on that pivot before 2020, everyone jumped on that pivot bandwagon. And now you get to pour back all of this into creating a business that's really centric about helping you, you know, and the women, mostly women, but elevating them and then giving them that confidence to really show up as their best self. So that's uh, really, really cool. I'm super inspired by your story because of how how it just really entwines, but yet it brought more layers and elements of you into what you do. Well, I think so many of us kind of have those moments in our lives and our businesses or whenever, when we feel like, what now? Like what to do now? Whether you want to pivot out of what you're currently doing, want to completely quit and start your own thing. Maybe a lot of moms feel when their kids are starting preschool or going back to school, you know, like I lost my identity. I need to kind of figure something out for myself. The first thing I always tell people is to figure out not only what you're good at doing. So like for me, when I went into the business and started my own business coaching actors, I had to choose. Do I want to do something that I'm really, really obsessed with and passionate about? Or do I want to do something that I'm really good at doing? And smartly, I believe I chose something that I was really good at doing because I didn't have any experience owning my own business. I didn't have any money, you know, that I had made in a business yet. And so at that point, had I gone with this, only the passion I probably wouldn't have succeeded. I wouldn't really know what I was doing. I wouldn't have had that kind of base success. And a lot of times I find women do this. They jump into something that they're really excited about, but they're not, it's not like confirmed that they're even good at it. They don't have referrals. They don't have people. They don't have experience. And so they go into these businesses and unfortunately they fail because how can you start a business from scratch with no experience, no nothing, and and just assume that you're going to be successful? It really takes a long time. So I went, I did like a little bit of a roundabout. I found what I was passionate about and went into it after I already, already proved myself as a successful entrepreneur and you know made a lot of money doing something that I maybe wasn't passionate about, but I knew I was really good at. Wow. Yeah, that's inspiring. And that you you touch on those two things, you know, going at it full on with a passion, but yet if it's not in a way that's proven, then how do you monetize that and grow a business based off of just passion? So you having that experience had allowed you to kind of tap into both. And that's really kind of the the crux, right? Like finding that groove where, what is it like the Venn diagram where it's like you get the passion yeah. and the experience, but kind of that overlapping and that you found was like that sweet spot. And you really just- There's also- Right into yeah. it. There's also something called Ikigai. I don't know if you've heard of that. What's it called? Ikigai? 
It's I-K-I-G-A-I. It's a Japanese term. And what it is, I actually created a TikTok about this because I thought it was so super interesting. But basically what it is, is you kind of have to create these like circles. Mm -hmm. And in the circles, I'm just looking really, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm holding it up. I don't know if this is video or not, but it's in the middle is Ikigai. The top is what you love. The left is what you're good at. The bottom is what you can be paid for. And the right is what the world needs. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to try to find either multiple intersections or at least two intersections. Because if you do what you love and what you're good at, that's a passion. If you do what you love and what the world needs, that's a mission. If you do what the world needs and what you can be paid for, that's just a job. And if you do what you're good at and what you can be paid for, that's a career. It's really interesting to think about. And then when you harness it all in the middle, that's what 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 was the terminology that you used there in the the middle? Like well, the middle is called collide. It's it's essentially the art of doing is your it's your reason for being. It's kind mm-hmm. of like what you're supposed to be doing because I find so many people, you know, and this is why it's really important to be able to pivot in your business. I think so many people get so scared. Like I started as this and how can I change it? And if you're not pivoting, you're probably most likely not being honest with yourself about about what you really love and what you're feeling called by. Because if you're an entrepreneur, and I don't know about you, Rachel, I don't know if you are this way because everyone's different. But most of the women that I speak to who have their own businesses are creative and are visionaries and are very easily, like they're squirrel-brained a little bit, like shiny object syndrome. They see that. They want to try that. They want to start this business. They want to start that. And maybe I should do this. And maybe I should do that. And what? And it's so hard to stay in one path for the rest of your life. And I think like that world of being a doctor or a lawyer, you pick that one career and you stay there until the day you die or until the day you retire. It's like, that's actually probably, I mean, maybe, maybe for some people it works, but most I think probably go against what they really want to be doing. And Mm -hmm. so we're so lucky in this world that we have so many options. We can kind of really find that true purpose. Right. And I think that's the fun aspect, right? You get to explore life. You get to explore you and, you know, taking that deep dive in and, and, and kind of doing that inner work for the exploration aspect allows you to extract the things that light you up, the things that feel like they're a mission, like giving back to a community, like contribution wise to, yeah you know, things that you could still get paid for, but yet they still align. So it's, it's part of that self-discovery journey, which I think is so needed and necessary. And I remember when I first started out in my entrepreneurial path or career, or even the thought of it, it was like, I was like 17 years old and trying to decide what I wanted to major in in college. And I was like, mm. well, that sounds interesting. And, you know, they're like, but what are you going to do after college? I was like, I don't know. It sounds like so forever. And I was like, I I feel so like committed and locked for life. Like, how do you decide that now? And it was, it was kind of a scary and crazy thought because when I had booked all my classes, I was like 17 going on 18 to go to college. And two weeks prior to school starting, I was like, no, scratch all that. I'm totally changing my major, totally changing everything because it was like, Mm. I couldn't feel like I would be literally locked in as a biology teacher. Yeah. That was my major. And I was like, wow, I couldn't imagine. No, I couldn't. No, <laughs> so, no. So, so two weeks before I was like, we're just going to go with business and uh, marketing and psychology are fascinating. So let's learn about that. And yeah. I think what had always was of interest to me was 
why people do what they do. Like it was just something that was curiosity that kept me going and not feeling like this had to be it forever. So I love that, you know, having that exploration keeps you curious, keeps you guessing on your toes, learning something new. And if it's something that you can still pull into that business element, that's great. And if you tweak or pivot or do any of that, you're bringing in all these things in your life that you build a lifestyle or a business around that aspect. So it's really Mm. cool that you kind of have that visual to show all those pieces. Mm. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, what are some of the tips or strategies that you can offer for anyone listening? That's like, I feel like I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I'm squirrel brain. I have like ADHD of businesses. Everything sounds amazing. How do you pick one? Where do you start? Yeah. Like, because that's, uh, I hear this a lot from um, just women. They're like, but I love this and I love that. And I love this, but yeah, I'm stuck over here. And I don't know if I should jump ship and do it. And I'm like, well, hold up. So yeah. let's, let's hear from you. Yeah. So I get that question all the time. I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. So many, especially those that are starting to create content and they're like, it's not working for me. I'm not growing or I'm not converting. And I'm like, okay, well, what's the goal? Like, who are you trying to convert? Well, anyone, everyone, I don't know. I just want them to like know my life. Okay. Well, the problem with that is that you're not a celebrity. And at this point, we don't know you from Adam. And like, there's no way that anyone is going to care about your life unless they know that you are giving them something of value, right? Like we feel, I think we're so inundated with people online. There's so much distraction. There's so much content. There's so many creators. There's so many business owners. The only reason someone's going to really follow you is that they know they're getting something out of you. Now, I believe the best move is to think about, I always like to look at a couple things. Number one, what is it that you're good at? Answer that question in one list. Number two, what is it that you're excited about? What is it that makes you kind of like want to deep dive? What do you like to research? Who do you like to follow? Because I obsess and love learning about social media trends and marketing trends. I subscribe to a variety of podcasts and and newsletters and um, on Twitter all the time, following these people, people that are really deep in the marketing and social media space. That may not be you, Rachel. Like maybe that's not something you're interested in. I always think everyone's got to be interested in this. This is like, you know, this is no. My husband can spend 17 years going down a deep, dark hole about Chicago Bears. I'm not interested in that. Like everyone has their thing. And I think what happens is we feel because we're in our little bubble. We feel that everyone feels this way. Everyone has the same experience. Everyone knows this. No. Most people have no idea what it is that you are so excited about, but need to know. So if you take something that you're good at, so just say you're, forget like the business yet, the career, just think about the skills that you're good at. Like, are you a good speaker? Are you good at interviewing? Are you good at talking to students? Are you good at coaching? Are you good at implementing and design and whatever. So think about those things. What really excites you? What do you enjoy doing? Plus, what is the market like out there? Like, I think it's really important because if your obsession is, you know, selling something that like no one in 2022 needs or creating something like, here's, I'm going to be hundred percent honest. Think about like the saturation. If you're a crafty person, maybe the, this is not the time to go into like custom tumblers. 
Why? Because I think there's a million gazillion people out there that are creating custom tumblers with like monograms, but maybe there's your own spin on it. So that's what I think is really important. What lights you up? What excites you? What doesn't drain you, but what gives you energy? And also what does the world need right now? And if you can't figure it out, just try something. Mm-hmm. Because it's easier sometimes to try something and fail than not try at all, right? Like when you're failing, it's like taking down, okay, that's out. Now that's out. Now that's out. Okay, we have this one left, right? It's like playing, guess who? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, you yes. Remember that game? Like, mm-hmm. if, or like Clue or whatever. Like you're eliminating the non-possibilities and you're right. left with like, it looks like it's this. Yeah. And even if it's not that, then you know that that's not the path to go either. And so now you change course. Keep searching. Keep swimming. Right. And yeah, I love that because it's like, so how, how many of us think like, okay, but this has to be it because we see other people doing it. Well, that's great. But just because everyone's doing it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. And Mm -hmm. especially if we're in a saturated market too, it's about, well, what makes you different and stand out from the rest? So That's really important too. That is actually really important because I think that that's the missing piece and that's where video comes in and personal branding because there's like, I spoke yesterday, not yesterday, last week to 200 real estate agents on a virtual speaking presentation and they all do the same thing. They all do the exact same thing. They're all selling and buying houses. They're all helping their clients find dream homes. Why you? Why am I picking you? Why am I listening to your podcast? Why am I watching your YouTube? Why am I following you on TikTok? And definitely why am I pulling my wallet out and buying your course is it's all what comes behind, right? The personal brand and getting on video and speaking and sharing all your, all of your sides. Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, I think for some that are kind of getting started, they, that could be a big hindrance and they're like, but everyone else is doing it. So why should I start? And I always mm-hmm. tell everybody like, nobody could do it like you. So, I mean, you know, like how many real estate agents did you just speak to 200 plus? It's like, you could find that same analogy in your own backyard, like ordering pizza, right? I mean, there's a million pizza joints, but you pick yeah. the one that resonates with you. And that's what makes it different is because it's to your palate. And so going off of that and what makes a difference is, you know, when you're getting started, you have people that either validate your concept or idea, or you are just so determined that it's, you're going to make it succeed, even if you don't have the right people for a testing, right? It's so like your betas are, you know, right up front, but it's like, but if you truly believe in, in making this work, you'll go above and beyond and by all means do that to succeed. But if you don't also knowing that that's not the end all be all. So that's the pivoting. So that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I think we're so tough on ourselves. Oh, Um, obviously, you know, your audience is women. And I do believe women have a lot of it's tough to say because who knows what your financial situation is? Who knows if you're a sole provider, a double income family, whatever. There's a lot of different scenarios there. And sometimes when it comes to making money and and actually keeping the family afloat, that is a different story, right? Like there's a lot of pressure to be doing well and it feels very overwhelming sometimes. But if you are able to give yourself some wiggle room and you're able to give yourself some time or if you have some amount of money saved up or you have help you know, with a husband or a, a partner or a wife, whatever, I think it's really important to allow yourself to basically almost release any sort of need for perfection, mm-hmm. any sort of need for, for getting it right 
time one, like so many people create these videos and they don't go viral and they're not getting all the followers like they were thought they would do the second they started on TikTok, for example, and they want to give up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like, I think it took me 40 videos to finally get one that went big. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of content to create with 100 viewers, right? Like it felt like I was swimming into a deep, dark land and I wasn't coming out. I was so close to giving up. And then the, that one video pops off. And now all of a sudden I have 22,000 followers on TikTok within a couple months. So it's crazy how those things work. You have to keep going. You have to trudge through that challenge. Even when things are challenged, like they're never going to be easy. If your entrepreneurial journey goes from like start to just up the mountain, trust me, there's going to be a cliff on the other side. Something's going to yeah. come that's going to bring you down. It's yeah. just the way it is, right? It's just life. Yeah, yeah. And uh, sometimes that that cliff ends with a lot of sharp rocks at the bottom. So just right, being prepared because right. that's the journey. It's like as an entrepreneur, there's social media can make that lifestyle look so perfectly curated and easy. And, you know, you just have this idea. And next thing you know, you're an overnight success and you're on, I don't know, vacations and private planes and all kinds of stuff. Right. So we have to be careful if anyone's even just starting out, like that's not the reality of it. The reality is it's the ups and downs, ebbs and flows, the constant pivoting, the, the reinventing, the going to bat and failing and trying again and giving up in, in certain situations, but coming back with that resilience. So anyone listening is like, listen, entrepreneurial journey is not a walk in the park, but. And you know what? That is like, that's a great journey to take your audience on with you. And I think I would say if I could be a hundred percent honest, I think the reason why my business is where it is now is because I've never been afraid minus maybe the first few months, (laughs) but I've never been afraid to show up truly like me. And that means, and if you followed, if if you follow me and you watch me for a while, you know, I let you in on my struggle with anxiety. I let you in on my struggle with business decisions. You know, when I am feeling like absolute garbage, if I'm having a bad day. Now, in addition to that, you also see me working out, having fun with my kids, going to Disneyland, drinking wine by the pool. Like I still have both sides, but I never have ever try to portray something that it's not. In fact, I'd almost rather not show up at all than show up and tell a lie. I think to share with your audience that things are always hunky-dory when they're not. Like I will be honest and say my launch is struggling right now. Like I am not not currently, I'm not in the middle of a launch, but when I have been in the past, like if I've launched a program and it's not working for me, I will say, you guys, I am in a struggle bus. I don't know if it's the time of this, the year or whatever. I am not selling right now. And then I'll say like, I'm pulling this program. Instead of just doing it kind of all behind the scenes, like a lot of people are crying to their team behind the scenes or their husbands or their wives or their you know, par- partners, whatever. And then turning on the camera and it's like, hey, happy yeah. Thursday. No, yeah, like that's not... That is not relatable. I don't want to follow that. I am not trying to be an influencer. And I'm also definitely not an actor. And I I want people to see all of it. Mm -hmm. I think that that is the most inspiring person to follow online. So if you are going through a struggle or a pivot in your business, tell your audience and stories, ask them for advice. Tell them that you're starting this new business. What are your thoughts? I would love your ideas. People love to be part of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Such great advice. And it's like, you know, okay. Since you kind of brought that up, it's kind of like, yeah, that's where, where I find myself. Like I'm so knee deep in like a lot of these transitions that are happening in, in just in life and in business. And it's like, I've kind of pulled back from, from even social media. Cause it's at the point where it's like, that kind of took a little bit of a backseat because it's like, how do I even articulate like what the hell's going on? Cause I'm literally in this whirlwind of uncertainty and doubt. And it's like, uh, I just didn't want to plaster just like, here's all my vomit stuff and have fun. So it's kind of like, you know, a lot of what I get to share, I get to share on my podcast. And that's kind of where a lot of more of the, the vulnerability is because it's the here now in the realness. And then when we put it on social media, sometimes it's like, okay, so how do we do it with like the imagery or the videos? And it's like, you know, some of that stuff is like in my bandwidth of thinking that it's like, oh my gosh, how do I even put this out there? Because I don't have words for it. I don't even know what's going on. So having that like season of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And so it's better for like, for me, I feel like the podcast provides that space because it provides that conversation, that connection. And then we can actually have these conversations, which are like, oh my gosh, yes, me too. Well, so let me ask you a question. Do you, I know that you're recording the podcast. Do you ever use the video from the podcasts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so well, we, we actually just kind of started having some of the video recordings as well. And so we have plans for that. So anyone who's listening, yes, there will be some uh, video recordings in transition. Like literally, this is a whole underwork of a lot of things from behind the scenes. So listeners, stay tuned. There's some cool stuff happening. And it's just not out immediate now. Because you know what's right. actually like a really cool thing if you think about it? I tell this to a lot of my audience. We're creating content all day long, right? We're, we're either we're coaching, we're podcasting, we're in meetings, we're teaching, we're doing all these things. And for those people that cannot or struggle to figure out how to incorporate video in their social media because they're so busy and they're so in it already, or maybe they feel a little weird going on the camera, but they are okay talking on a podcast or they're okay coaching on Zoom to 20 people, is repurposing that content. And I just the other day, like I, when I was telling you this conversation that I had with these real estate agents, all I did, I knew I was talking directly on my computer to Zoom, but all I did was I just set my phone on a tripod right next to my computer. So like right here, no one could see it. And I filmed the entire hour, just, you know, not on time-lapse or anything. I just filmed it. I didn't look at my phone. I looked at the Zoom. I looked at the people they didn't know, or I, I probably told them, yeah, I'm doing this. And now I have 55 minutes of content. And what I can do with that is splice it up whenever I have like, you know, some time. I'll fast forward, I'll find a little soundbite. And that all of a sudden becomes a one minute TikTok, a one minute reel. And I I edit it out. So I take the ums and the uhs and the woo and the, the you know, playing with our hair out and you caption it, throw on some music and done. You have like a, a piece of content. So if you love talking on a podcast, you can totally repurpose that video. And that's your short form content. Oh, such great advice. So anyone who's listening, right, there's like a twofer, right? So you get to get <laughs> to serve, you get to do your podcast, you get to do your videos. And it's all about the repurposing of it. And so obviously you being into the strategy aspect of it, you have that plan, that forefront of like, okay, here's the map. Here's how we're going to do it. And so when we take in those bits and pieces, here's the strategy behind it, right? So that's, I would assume you probably do all that in your line of work as well, right? Yeah, we come up with the strategy. We come up with your content pillars. 
I am not a social media manager, so I'm not actually creating the content for you. I'm not doing the Canva graphics for you because I actually believe to truly be able to create a personal brand, you need to be 97% involved in it. Mm-hmm. If um, I, I've, I've had clients in the past that hire me at a very high ticket and they want me to do it all. And they, they stop short at wanting to actually be part of the content. And I'm like, I can't create a personal brand unless you want to be in the personal brand. If you're someone like a Gary V or, you know, one of these like Mel Robbins or like really kind of high uppers that have a team of 20 to 50 people and they're always on stages and they're always at events speaking and they're always mic'd up and they're always filmed, you can totally create content without the person being involved. However, most people are just in their office alone and that's the only way to do it. You got to do it. So I would say two things. Number one, repurpose what you already have. But number two, if it's overwhelming for you to come up with ideas for content, I like to split it up as much as possible. So maybe today you don't create five pieces of video content. Maybe today you just write a list of ideas for content, meaning like a hook, like top three things you can be doing as, or the one thing that I that changed my life, you know, like whatever it is, coming up with the ideas. And then the next day, maybe you flush out a couple of those ideas and outline them and come up with, okay, do I want this to be talking to camera or do I want this to be a voiceover with a time lapse of me doing something? And then the third day, maybe you actually decide to record it, but maybe you don't edit or post it yet because that then the fourth day you edit it and the fifth day you post it. I think what happens is we get way too overwhelmed. Oh my God, how am I going to create all this video content? What if we broke it up into the smallest little, just do this, just five minutes, just do this. And then it becomes a habit. And just like everything else, we need to get in the habit of content creation. Right. And so, you know, if you're so like in the content creation space and kind of being in all places, right? So obviously, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, if you're in LinkedIn or Twitter or any of those other social media platforms, do you suggest uh, kind of honing in into one platform that would be best? Or do you kind of repurpose and sprinkle the same content throughout? Do you create different content for all those different platforms? Because I think sometimes that could be a bit overwhelming as it is. It's like, oh my gosh, I finally got the idea. And now you're like, oh, but then I have to change it for that audience over here. I have to be over here because that's like LinkedIn is more professionals. But yeah, I want to be silly and quirky, but that might apply to TikTok. And like, right. So I guess with a personal brand, there's so many different facets of it, but yet there's the strategy behind it, like the when and where and how to create the content yet putting it out in a place that would be best suited. So I presume that kind of goes with a hand in hand, what you were just talking about. A hundred percent. And I think repurposing is key, but you have to do it smart. You can't just like the worst thing I think there is, is when there's people that say, yeah, every time I post on Instagram, I share it to Facebook. Okay. Well, it feels so inauthentic. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like you're actually going there and creating the content. However, sometimes it works. I would say this. I did a little challenge for myself in February. This is kind of where my TikTok started. I decided for the month of February, I was going to do the following. I was going to create a daily TikTok, a daily reel, sometimes the same, sometimes different, daily stories, which is not strange for me because I'm always on my Instagram stories, two LinkedIn posts a week, daily tweets, a weekly email, and a weekly podcast episode, and a weekly YouTube. All myself. Mm. Okay. Now, this is in addition to coaching and having group programs and being a mom and the list goes on. It was insane. 
about two and a half weeks in, I almost wanted to chop my head off. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I did it. I pushed through. And then I tried to see where are my results, right? Like, okay, I showed up for all these places pretty consistently over 30 days, where 28 days, whatever. Where are my results? I noticed this. TikTok was the biggest, most obvious growth result. I grew like 15,000 followers in a month, right? So something really fast. And I was like, that is bomb. Definitely sticking with TikTok. Love it. I wasn't sure at that point how much money I was making from TikTok, but my email list was growing, okay? I believe the conversion happens later because most people don't just hire you off TikTok. They end up following you on Instagram and then this, so on and so forth. Instagram was like dead weight. Like it's getting a little better, but there was a few months of Instagram that I was like losing followers every day and never growing. It's Instagram is a tough one right now. Twitter was great for community building. Met a lot of great people, not clients, but just good people in my industry. So I loved that, but it was not a ROI like space. And then LinkedIn I got, I felt like it was nothing, but one client off LinkedIn was a $30,000 client from Mm, that month. So I didn't feel like I was growing so much or getting that much engagement, but I was showing up and I was showing up in searches. And then finally, my, my podcast, I always do anyway. So I didn't really notice a difference. Email, I was growing my email list, but it didn't notice a difference. And YouTube, I felt was the worst waste of time for me at that period because it took a lot. I was doing all my own stuff, all my editing, all my captions. All my, it was over the top. It took so long to do. And I was getting like 10 views, right? Because mm-hmm. YouTube is one of those things that you really have to put in the time and effort. And so I think the best move for anyone that's listening, pick two platforms. If you're not someone that shows up regularly, let's pick two. If you are someone that you think your audience is a little bit more high-end, spending more money, a little bit more professional, go on LinkedIn and maybe Instagram. If you think that your audience is more into like quick tips or will be hanging out more on TikTok, that's where you got to be. It really just depends where your audience is. Pick two, start there, and then you're going to see how easy it is to grow. Mm. If you guys get to this point, go rewind and listen again. Seriously, she just gave away everything, like all the tips and strategies <laughs> and of course her own personal experience. So this just totally makes sense. Like, well, where to start? Just start with two. If that's not working, go to go to the other two and vice versa. And like, or you just, just going- start with one if two is overwhelming, but don't don't not do anything. That's <laughs> right. the worst thing you could do. Yeah. And so even like, if you're not doing anything at this point, pick something where like, where do you spend the most time? Right. So like, if you're find yourself on TikTok, well, then maybe you create some TikTok things and just give it a whirl. And, and how long would you say, keep it up and then decide like, yeah, it's not panning out because most people TikTok probably is- quit after a couple of days. That's the problem. People mm-hmm. quit after like a, a couple of days, a couple of weeks. They're like, I've posted five videos, nothing. The way TikTok works is it takes a second for the TikTok algorithm to understand who you are. And if you're creating, and it's amazing, the TikTok algorithm is incredible. It's so much better than Instagram. So mm-hmm. it, once you start to create consistent, to- oh, and this is another thing. We were talking about squirrel brain and multi-passionate. When you are starting on TikTok, make sure for the first few weeks, make sure for the first 10,000 followers, whatever you are posting about one thing, a niche, really, really get specific because if you are not, the TikTok algorithm has no idea where to put you. Mm -hmm. So every single post, like save all your personal fun things, save all your extra stuff for Instagram, but put your, put 
Every single post on TikTok should be about that one thing to that one audience member. And you can do a lot of repetition because the way TikTok works is it's usually showing your content to people that do not follow you. Hmm. So anyway, I would say give it give it a solid month of consistent content. I mean, and if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. And there's no one forcing you. It's just the world is so big and we're not seeing those people. Like, I think we think we've exhausted all our marketing over on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, wherever you are. And we haven't even touched it because TikTok is crazy. The reach on TikTok is crazy. And I feel like that's where everyone's going. And of course, like Instagram is trying to keep up with TikTok because they've realized that there people are just jumping ship from Instagram. And it's not to discount like, you know, yes, you still have your existing followers and audience on TikTok, but yet people are turning, whether they're following on Instagram, they're turning to TikTok because kind of where all everyone's hanging out, right? It's well, like it's also, cool it's bit. more enjoyable as a consumer. Yep. A being consumer on the for you page. Visual. Right. Yeah. If you're enjoying video, if you want to watch video, it is so much more fun to watch your for you page on TikTok, if, especially if you give it a few days because it will start to understand what you like and what you don't like and what videos you're reacting to or commenting on. And so within two days, three days of TikTok, it's going to serve you the best content ever. And as a consumer on Instagram, if you're on the Reels Explore tab, you're seeing BS, aesthetic, stupid trends, same audio. It's just not the same kind of concept. However, Instagram stories is the most underrated, most important, necessary place to always be because no one will purchase from you or really, really convert to you unless they start to kind of like binge watch your stories and get to know you behind the scenes. Right. Oh, that's such a good, good point. And then since, since so many things are like, you know, for example, the, the feed on Instagram per se, is just not what it used to be. So you're, if you had to pick between the two, you always say like, just show up on stories, do your thing, keep it real. The way that usually the funnel works like marketing funnel, it's like, first it's attract, right? Like the goal here is to attract as many leads as possible. So that TikTok is a great place to get tons of eyes on your content. If you start to create consistent content, another way that you could attract is like, I guess if a reel of yours takes off, but even with reels, I I very rarely get new followers, even when reels take off. It's just not the same. But TikTok is a great top of market funnel, right? So you, they come in there, they see you, but then you have to nurture them. You have to warm them up. And TikTok, you can kind of warm them up, but most people warm up over on Instagram. And they don't warm up by searching your feed and going down all your posts. They warm up by looking maybe at the first two or three posts and then hitting your stories. And that's that's where you kind of like show them the the real deal of who you are. And if you have any sort of interesting content for them, they'll stick around. They'll come back the next day. And just like you do with people you like following. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, obviously on TikTok now, they, you know, with stories and the real or stories and the videos, do you see a, a similar trend where a lot of people on on Instagram, you know, watching your behind the scenes on the story, does that same, does it translate the same over on TikTok too? Or do you think like lesser of the stories? I think it will. I think right now, TikTok stories, because it does get pushed out to people that are not following you, it feels very out of context. Like if you're just putting a 15 second clip of you, you know, talking about something that's so random it may feel a little out of context for you. However, a lot of people like it, like TikTok stories is a good place to say, 
oh, make sure to show up um, at 2 p.m. today. I'm going live because, you know, it's going to go away and it doesn't have to live on your feed. I think Instagram stories is much more of a because it's the DM. Like, that's really what it is, because on TikTok stories, unless they're following you back, you can't DM them. Mm. And so you can only comment, which is like a public thing. It doesn't feel as intimate, right? Right. But on Instagram stories, if you are posting something right now, Rachel, about uh, the lunch that you're eating and it looks really, really good, or I'm curious about where you got that sauce or whatever, I would DM you and be like, oh my God, I love that. I buy it also and whatever. And you could respond right away back and it feels like we're friends. Like yeah. we're, we're instant friends because of that. one message and you just don't get that as much on TikTok because it's comments. It's not DMs. Right. So there's not really a personal connection. And I think, you know, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, so it's kind of like you put out the content and then if they're interested in that content, they would go to your bio, read about you and then click on your link or your whatever's your call to action. Yeah. And so then they come over and that's where they could pop into your inbox. But yeah, as of right now, TikTok does not provide that. Correct. I think it really depends. I think it doesn't feel like anyone that I follow on TikTok, even if I'm obsessed with their content, even if they comment back on a comment that I leave, like yeah. I love Elise Myers, love her. She's a huge creator. She has 5 million followers. If she posts something and I leave a comment, that comment is public, right? Other people can comment on it. She can even respond to the comment. I don't think she knows anything about me. I don't feel like a connection in that sense. I think I love her and she's a great engaging person and she can comment back. Yet on Instagram stories, if I post about her and then she shares it in her stories or responds with a heart or whatever, that immediately I'm like, we've just moved to the next level. Right. Like you you just became besties. Besties. Yes. Yes. Very important. So no, these are such good tips. And uh, I guess, you know, even relatively getting started into say TikTok or something, because that's, I would think what is like the, the newest of the platforms at this point, you know, there's so many, so many things that are being learned in that space where not everything that you've done, say on TikTok or uh, Instagram would translate and vice versa. So it's kind of knowing where it's best suited for you. So if you're building that connection, yeah, yeah Instagram would be ideal. If you're, I have a content. workshop that I have a workshop that I I've given before. You can still purchase it because I think it's really important. It's basically how to start TikTok from Instagram, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people just think I'm just going to download my Instagram Reels and post them and just like hope for the best. TikTok is a very different culture, and you do need to understand how it works if you're not seeing success just by repurposing reels, you'll realize that certain pieces of content that work for reels do not and will not work on TikTok and vice versa. There's there's videos of mine that I've posted on TikTok that have hit a million views. And I take the exact same video and put it on Instagram and it's like at 2000 views. Like it's mm-hmm. the weirdest thing. So it's a different culture. You have to know your audience on each. You also have to know what people are looking for on each. Like on Instagram, they're looking for a very different kind of experience than they are on TikTok. So that that workshop is in my bio, obviously, if you guys want to learn a little bit more about how to make that transition. Well, absolutely. And we can always include it in their show notes too. So that would be, that would be a, great. A, yes. Um, so if you're interested in that workshop, click the link in the show notes or reach out, uh, you know, obviously there's so much, so many tidbits, tips, strategies, all that stuff that Donna's just dishing out here. So uh, of course that's going to be available. And so, you know, kind of looking back between all these social media things, it's not so much about 
what you're putting out there, but getting that clarity of what it is that that you want to serve your community or create content around or really getting into that middle of your Venn diagram of like what that is that you do, right? So I think- exactly. All of it comes full circle and it just, it's so important to recognize that before you just kind of haphazardly just lack of better words, throw shit on the wall and hope something sticks because there's a strategy behind that. And if you're not sure of the strategy, then reach out to Donna because this is what she does and she's incredible at it and has proven they're walking the walk, right? Like she did all this stuff for you to have the proof and now she's, you know, soaring in her business, right? Because you did that. You uh-huh. put up, you did the work up front and that was in February. And you're like, okay, this this didn't work. That worked. That one kind of worked. This one needs a little tweaking, right? And so you did all the legwork. I try us. it all so you guys don't right. Have to. She just cut the suck <laughs> for you, right? Like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. So awesome. And so any any other tips or strategies that you want to leave our our listeners with as kind of as we wrap things up? Yeah. I just think the most important thing that you guys have to remember is who I am, you see, oh, she knows what she's doing. She's been creating content forever. She's really comfortable on camera. Like I am literally you. I am you just a couple steps ahead. I had a panic attack on my first live that I ever went on. I used to struggle with talking to people in public settings. I am not always happy with the way I look. I don't love the way I sound. Uh, I wish I was this. I wish I was that. And I still show up every day. And it's a confidence builder to show up you will learn that you actually like who you are online and who you are on video the more you do it. Yes. Oh my gosh. So many good, good things right there because that's true, right? Like how does confidence get built? It's yeah. it's consistent consistency over time, right? Because yeah. nobody just wakes up and says, damn, I'm the most confident woman. Like, okay, great. If you can even say that it's because you have a track history of, of building that and reassuring it. Right. So it's, it comes through repetition. It's you get good at something as you continuously show up and put in the reps. So I, I love you that go. you share that and the authenticity behind it because yeah, I mean, not every day is your best day, but you gave it the best that you had that day. And that's, that's what matters most. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. There you go. Thank you so much, Rachel. What a great convo. Yes, likewise. So thank you again for being our guest here. And uh, we're going to include everything in the show notes. So thanks again. Awesome. Hey there, it's me again. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. And if you did, don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. And if you love it, be sure to leave a review. Thanks again for listening.